You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Mizzou That's Who. Welcome to this week's edition of Mizzou That's Who here on KC Sports Network, your podcast for Missouri Athletics here on KCS and super stoked as always to be joined by Gabe Jarman and Maggie Johnson. Listen, we are less than two weeks away, nearing a week away from the from the uh, Missouri Tigers first game of the season. It being on a Thursday is throwing me off a little bit. And also, I thought that for the longest time this weekend, I thought the game was this week. So I was a little confused kind of the whole time. Um, I don't even think there's an extra week in the month, but Gabe, how are you doing? How are you adjusting to a Thursday game? Uh, well, we'll see next week. I'll be fine until I get home at like 3 a.m. Friday, and then the next day is still Friday, and I don't know what day it is. Um, so that that won't be great, but I'll be good up till then. What well, can I ask for? Maggie, how are you doing? How are you adjusting to uh, the football? Football's here. Football, those have been preseason games on. Week zero is this week when we're recording this podcast. Football's here. Yeah, I'm stoked. Uh, I don't know how great the games are. I think the lines are all um, massive. Uh, I think the uh, the Notre Dame uh, Navy game line is like 21 or I don't know. They're all They're all huge, but it's football, so you can't complain. Uh, I'm stoked to get over to Como next Thursday. I'll be at the game, so uh, probably at the Yingling Paramazoo tailgate. So come hang out, <laughs> come hang out with us over in Lot P. That's where I'm gonna be. So yeah, I'm excited. I, I head out of town on Friday, so um, I'm actually stoked that it's on Thursday. Kind of get out of the way, so we can kind of chill out and just watch football. Well, there's a couple good games on our on our you know that's that weekend. <laughs> these lame games out of the way this weekend get our game out of the way and then watch some good football yeah week zero does not have to have the most marquee matchups when you start to look it down uh, i do the college football show also on the on the network here with uh, matt miller and matt lane and we we had kind of been scheduling out all of the conference previews that we were going to do i was like okay we're going to preview all the power five conferences and i was like okay perfect then that leads right into a week zero and then I looked at the week zero schedule and I was like, well, maybe we might want to talk about the group of five. Conference. I I will stand for no Vandy Hawaii slander on this podcast. That's you know the headliner. of the. You're not stoked about what our Vandy beat Hawaii by what, 40 last year? And then oh, I remember yeah. everybody was like, oh, Vandy's going to crush Mizzou. They beat Hawaii by 40. And I was like, just like repeat what you just said. It was like, that just doesn't mean very much. Timmy Chang ain't walking through that door for Hawaii. I think he is the coach, but he can't play quarterback. He, he is the coach, and he technically will walk through the door for Hawaii, but he will, he will not be uh, taking any snaps. Uh, no, they're also going to be playing in an active construction zone. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of Vanderbilt <laughs> Stadium, but it is. It's going to be under construction the whole season, and the people are going to make jokes about Vanderbilt the whole time, but it's supposed to be really cool. I've seen some of the renderings for it. Uh, they're actually putting money into their football program, which is a new thing for Vanderbilt. Um, but I didn't mean to get so far off topic with the week zero action. Uh, but there there are some really good games on that Thursday, as you mentioned, Maggie. Uh, and really that that first weekend of where everyone starts to play that week one. Um, I don't know why the NCAA decided we did a week zero. I don't know why that that happened. But um, yes, you do. It's the same reason they decided right. everything else. The <laughs> games are on TV. People will watch them. They will get advertisements, and it's more money to not. Exactly. I mean, that's that's exactly right. Um, week zero coming up here, uh, and, and Missouri takes on South Dakota. This is what we're going to do for this podcast. Uh, they take them on in week one, but we're going to kind of go through the schedule and talk about each game. It's hard to necessarily know a lot about this Missouri team, uh, Gabe, kind of as we've been talking about on these other podcasts, because you've had some of these open practices. You don't really see a whole lot, but I think we have somewhat of a good idea of what we're going to get from Missouri on the defensive side of the ball and some of the other aspects, but the offense is going to be kind of up in the air to see uh, kind of what's been going on. But uh, first, uh, I think we should talk about the comments that I believe Eli Drinkwitz made it, that he even said that it's kind of a two-quarterback race right now. It's, it seems like Jake Garcia is out of it. 
uh, for the starting quarterback job, Gabe. What are your uh, impressions of that? And were you surprised at all that he was uh, able to um, eliminate Jake Garcia from this contest so early? Not really. I mean, they've had they've gone through what three weeks of camp now. I mean, I, I think you need it narrowed down to two, right? You can go into the season opener trying to decide between two, but you're not realistically going to get three guys reps that right. matter in a game. And it, it was kind of interesting because he said on Saturday night, you know, his introductory comments were about position battles and stuff. And I just said, I, I assume one of those is still quarterback when, you know, do you anticipate making a decision before the season opener? And he said, you know, uh, Brady and Sam, you know, I expect they both play in the opener and we'll let them kind of decide it on the field. And so I, I tweeted that out and I, it led to like everybody writing these stories that Drinkwitz is going to play too. Cl- I, I don't know. I just didn't realize it was breaking news. Like, he yeah. basically said at Nat in Nashville on July 17th that he wasn't opposed to that idea. I, I think this is what we've all expected is that those two guys, unless one of them just really distanced himself in fall camp, those two guys would both play in these first couple games and that it doesn't seem that one or the other has run away with it. And that's where we're at. And you know what? There's a little bit of, well, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, but I think this is the right situation. This is the right decision based on what they have. I don't think they have a guy that is clearly shown, I'm your guy, so let them sort it out on the field in the first two weeks, and then whoever is your quarterback for K-State, ideally, that's your guy going forward. I think with with things like NIL, yeah. And, and bringing somebody in like Sam Horn, who is a pretty highly, highly rated quarterback coming out of high school, you kind of have to give him the opportunity to be a starting quarterback. I mean, at, at a program like Missouri, maybe he wouldn't be a starting quarterback at a program like Georgia as a sophomore. But at a program like Missouri, I feel like you kind of have to. But at the same time, Brady Cook was your starter last year. You can't, you can't not give him the opportunity to also come in and start game one. I just don't, I don't think that's fair to him because I don't think that he's the reason that we were losing all, like solely the reason that we lost all six games last year, seven games or however many games that we lost last year. I don't think he's the sole reason. Um, He may have even helped us. I mean, I would say the Arkansas game, we won because of Brady Cook. So, I mean, I think giving them both a chance. I liked what you said, Gabe, on Power Mizzou this morning in your 10, your 10 thoughts. Um, doing the maybe start one of them the first quarter and the third quarter for one game and then doing the other one the you know the second and the fourth quarter. I liked you saying that because it does give them both the opportunity, the same game situations to come out, get those first snaps, um, the exact same opportunity, the exact same crowd noise, the exact same game jitters, you know, I like that idea. I do. I think that drink and, you know, Kirby will do that. I don't know. I do like that idea though. But it's important. I think to have them both play early because whoever starts, let's, we're going to assume Brady cook takes the first series. Correct. I think that's probably likely. So look, let's say they go down and score on their first two series. Well, then it's 14 nothing, and that's a different situation for Sam Horn to walk into than nothing nothing against Middle Tennessee. Right. It changes the game. It changes the intensity of everybody on the field, and I think it's important that they both play in the first half of both games because you need them out there with the same receivers. You can't put mm-hmm. one of them out there with Burden, Weiss, and Mookie Cooper and the other one out there with a couple of true freshmen. I mean, you're not getting the same uh, the same evaluation. So if you're using these two weeks to truly decide the quarterback competition, it just has to be somewhat even footing. No, I, I absolutely agree. And when, when you talk about this quarterback battle, it's obviously been probably the biggest thing from camp, uh, from the offseason season. When you talk about uh, Mizzou and the, and the topic of it, I'm interested to see how they do uh, react in these game situations with Brady having so much um, experience when it comes to uh, playing in, in these situations with the whole year last year, how Sam Horn will react to uh, different game-like situations. 
I don't think anyone is necessarily worried about South Dakota State or Middle Tennessee. And those are the first two games, obviously, on Missouri's schedule, as we alluded to. Um, and it's good that they probably have those first two games before they play a team like Kansas State, which that's going to be a legit a, a legit contest to really see where they're at. That's that's the reigning Big 12 champion. So, I mean, you, you get to see where you are. They did lose a decent amount of offensive firepower, I think, uh, for Kansas State did, but um, their defense might be have a little more, more up in the air, too. So, I... I we can get into the Kansas State game a little bit more, but focusing on kind of the first uh, two weeks, what do you want to see outside of quarterback, Gabe? Uh, what do you want to see from this team? I know we kind of talk about a lot from these games. You see more of, of uh, negatives than you do positives, but what is one of the things you want to see Missouri do really well in these first two weeks? You want to see the quarterbacks not have to really have their uniforms washed because the offensive line has done a nice job keeping the other team off of them. Um and you want to go into the fourth quarter being able to throw Jake Garcia out there or, yeah. you know, Josh Manning and Daniel Blood, these these freshman wide receivers. And, like, they're different games because Middle Tennessee is a an FBS program that, look, they beat Missouri a few years ago. They almost beat Missouri here in 2003. There are worlds in which Middle Tennessee can win that game. I mean, it's this is not back-to-back walkovers. But... If, if you lose either of these games, like what we say about the last 10 doesn't even matter. If Missouri's not 2-0, and the rest of the, I mean, it's not going to go well the rest of the year. You know, um, right. we're, we're, we're more likely talking about a coaching change than what bowl game there is. Maggie, any thoughts on the first two? Yeah, I'm just looking forward to see if we can not give up some of those big plays because I know, um, obviously we had a good defense last year and we know that and, you know, all of that, but we still gave up some big plays those first couple of games, uh, especially to um, to Louisiana Tech. And I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, our secondary can not give up those plays because, you know, you give those up. That's what we did in Georgia. You you saw the, the tall tale signs that that was coming um, and you saw them early. So if we can eliminate those against those te- these early teams, we can potentially eliminate them against those better competition down there. Yeah, when you talk about uh, the big plays in the first two games, I really want to see the defense flex their muscle because they do. You know, kind of as we've been talking about in the last few episodes, is the defense has a lot of expectations. And Gabe, the point that you brought up a whole lot is like, let's see them now do it. Is it going to be harder for them to do it now that they have these expectations? So what better would way would it be than to go out and maybe pitch a shutout against South Dakota or maybe put out a really good performance against Middle Tennessee? I think that's what I'm, I know a lot of, there's question marks on the offensive side of the ball, but what I'm most excited to see is all the talent that they have on this defensive side of the ball, how it translates to this year. As we've talked about, they've got Tyron Hopper, a guy who was named to the All-SEC preseason team. They've got all kinds of guys on the defensive side of the ball named to these All-SEC teams, guys that were projected to go mid to late day two picks. Like that, That's a very solid paycheck if you're, if you're going to go to the NFL. That's a good spot to be picked. They chose to come back to the uh, to to Mizzou, and I'm really just I, we talk about the defensive line too, and like what rotations they're going to do along there. I think that's going to be really interesting too. But I just want to see the defense flex their muscle, basically. Well, and we're really talking about hopefully the first two and a half quarters, right? This is right, this is yes. the equivalent of an NFL preseason game. Um, look, Brady Cook and Sam Horn they they need to play because they're deciding the quarterback competition. Luther Burden needs to be on that field for approximately as long as the game is in question. Tyron Hopper. KAD, Darius Robinson, same thing. Get them out there. Let them sweat. If you're up 34-6 in late second quarter, then tell those guys to go sit down and, mm-hmm. and not worry about it because getting a guy hurt in the second quarter of a four-touchdown game would be – I mean, it's going to happen somewhere in week one. You yeah. you know it is. I mean, football's a that's how football goes, right? There's going to be a season-altering injury somewhere in week one. So once you have this in hand, the guys that know what they're doing, Jalen Carlisle knows what he's doing. He knows this defense. He does not need 40 snaps against South Dakota, right? This is the game where it's my least favorite game of the year, mostly because on Sunday morning when I wake up to do snap counts, I just have to keep adding a row and keep adding a row. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's not going to play again all year. And now I have two snaps against South Dakota that's in my table for the rest of the year, right? Um, so 
Uh, that's what that's what week one should be. And week two, it, I don't think it's quite that. I don't think you're right. you're hanging up jerseys at halftime. But I also don't think you should be in significant trouble late in this one either, or that one. Yeah. Totally agree. The Middle Tennessee game is going to be wildly interesting when it gets to the time. I haven't done a whole lot of digging into Middle Tennessee. I don't know what they have this year, what they what they brought what back. What the hell kind of podcast host are you? I know. I what I'm awful awful performance on my part but i'll i will look i will promise gabe we're gonna come to that middle tennessee podcast and i'm gonna come with so many numbers for you you're gonna be blown away good because you know how many i'm gonna come with the same number i have today (laughs) which is fair uh but then the the schedule really starts to ramp up week three obviously with kansas state but before we talk about kansas state i've got to tell you about our friends at home field apparel look they've got they just had that mizzou drop a couple weeks ago Great stuff. Waiting on my stuff to get in from Home Field Apparel. I'm incredibly excited to wear it. Uh, super comfortable shirts. That wouldn't be the first. Wouldn't be the first order I get from Home Field. Won't be the last order I get from Home Field because they are dropping new stuff seemingly every week. They're refreshing stocks for Mizzou like they did last week. Um, all the other area schools. I don't know why you'd want that, but they've got some pretty sweet Tulane stuff if you're into Tulane, or if you want to support any other smaller schools. Uh, I know I like to watch the MAC. They got a good Toledo collection. Whatever other colleges you want, Home Field Apparel has you covered. And we have a special po- podcast code. We got a, we got a code KCSN23. If you are uh, purchasing for the first time at homefieldapparel.com, get 15% off using that code KCSN23 at checkout. It helps us out, so really do appreciate you guys using that. They got a great uh, a great lineup of Mizzou stuff. They really did refresh it. They got a script Tigers. Uh, they got a Dunking Truman. Pretty sick. Um, and they also have a this isn't in the new drop, but they had a baseball tee with with uh, Truman on the follow through on the on the baseball swing. It's, it's even like a, a three quarter length sleeve shirt too. Yeah, it's it's pretty slick. Um, I'm gonna have to, I guess, buy their whole collection, and you will too at homefieldapparel.com. And as well, if you just don't, if you want more than Mizzou stuff, they have obviously 150 plus colleges. That's a lot. Um, so they've got it cooking over there at homefieldapparel.com. So get stocked up for this season as you're going out to throw. And uh, we'll be right back talking about the Kansas State game, a very interesting game. Like, uh, There's a lot to talk about with both of these teams, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Welcome back into uh, Mizzou That's Who, your podcast from Missouri Athletics here on KC Sports Network. All right. Let's look into the real games now. No disrespect to Middle Tennessee, uh, but still at the same time, that's a little bit disrespectful. So uh, I apologize to any Middle Tennessee uh, people listening to the podcast. I don't know why you'd be listening to it, but I apologize. Uh, Let's talk about the Kansas State game, because I think that this is going to be a very big measuring stick for this Missouri team. I want to defer to Maggie's first thoughts on this because okay. I'm interested to see how how what the Missouri fan attitude is about this game this year. So I think we absolutely need to win this game. Um, and obviously that's like a personal thing for me because I'm tired of taking the abuse on Twitter. Um, but also I think it's just like a it's a vital game to move forward as a program. I I don't know. Case they lost a lot last year. I, I really do think that they did. I think their strongest positions are offensive line. I think that they're very good uh, offensive line. I think they're decent at quarterback. Um, I mean, he came, he came in, what's his name? Um, Will Howard. Will Howard. Will Howard. Came in after, after the Martinez injury. Came in, played... Pretty well, I would say. I wouldn't say that I think that he's, you know, gonna win a Heisman or anything, but I would say he came in and played pretty well uh, under the circumstance. Won his team a Big Twelve, won his team a Big Twelve title, so you you know you can't can't really uh, dog him too much. I would say their defense is, I would say suspect. I wouldn't say it's great by any means. I would say our defense is better. Um, I would say our wide receivers are better. Quarterback, I don't know yet. 
we'll have to wait and see. Um, running backs also have to wait and see because you didn't see anything other real than Deuce Vaughn last year. So I don't know what they have behind Deuce, what they had behind Deuce Vaughn. Um, so it's kind of hard to compare what they have versus what we have besides their offensive line being better than ours. I don't see our offensive line being better than theirs, even improved. I don't see their defense being better than ours. And there's definitely, there's no way there's that there's improved um over what they lost so it'll be very interesting i like i think we have an advantage with it being in columbia i think they had an advantage with it being in manhattan um i think they had an advantage with it being in a a monsoon uh with them being a heavy running team i mean i think that that's pretty obvious um so i mean if we can maybe make it not be that type of weather fingers crossed that would be nice um but yeah i I would give us a slight advantage in the game, honestly. I'm really interested, Gabe, before you up in here, what the line is going to be for that game. I don't think it's out yet. Um, but uh, I think we'd be underdog. Yeah. I think so, too. I think it'll be K-State three and a half, four points. Yeah, yeah. that's about what I would say. Uh, I So by proxy, I feel like I know a little bit about K-State just because of the K-State guys on our network, right? On, on the K-State Sports Network. And they do a phenomenal job covering K-State. Um, they are not worried about Missouri at all. Um, they think that this game is kind of one of those that you're just going to, that they're just going to ride in and it's going to be, okay, we're, we've got we've got them. That's going to be it. Uh, now, I think when I, when I, when it comes to college games, when I, when I think about picking college games and and who has the advantage? I look at like two things specifically, and that's coaching and that's quarterback play. Um, Will Howard played very good for Kansas State down the stretch. Now we can have a conversation about that uh, competition he played down the stretch. He did have to play. I think he played TCU twice. Uh, TCU's defense isn't the stoutest, as <laughs> as people know by the national championship game. Um, and really, all of their games were very high scoring games. They were just able to outscore their opponents, um, and their offense was just so dynamic last year. That's what made TCU so fun to watch. Uh, but but Kansas State is so interesting to me when talking about like Will Howard, because is he a good quarterback? I think he's pretty good. Um, I don't I think he's not the best quarterback in, in that conference. I think Quinn Ewers is the best one. I think Jalen Daniels is better than him. Uh, and you can probably make an argument that Dylan Gabriel went healthy is better than Will Howard, too. And I don't think that would be that far of a stretch. So he's a top four quarterback at minimum. Uh, in that conference. And I do think they brought in Trishon, Trishon Ward, um, a guy, a transfer for the running back position that I think could be pretty dynamic in their offense as well. They seem to be pretty confident in the receivers that they have. I don't think they brought in a whole lot of transfer wide receivers. They just have like a lot of younger guys stepping up. RJ Garcia is that guy that they kind of anticipate to take a big jump this year. Uh, but that offensive line is really good. Cooper BB is like a projected first round pick already heading into this season. Um, and I, he was down at O-line masterminds with all these uh, college kids down there. So, they're very interesting on the offensive side of the ball. The defense, they did lose a whole lot. When you talk about the back end, they lost a lot of guys on that back end of that secondary. Felix, obviously, going to the Chiefs. Uh, Daniel Green, I think, is hurt right now. Like one of their biggest defensive pieces is hurt. Um, not really, They're not really sure when he's going to come in. But I, I agree with you, Maggie, that this is a very pivotal game in the Drinkwitz era. Um, I don't know. I don't want to be too dramatic about it. But, like, if he beats Kansas State, things are going in the right direction to, like, hey, you can point to that game and say, like, hey, that was a team – at, at won the Big 12 championship last year. It was kind of like the kind of like the LSU team, right? Like they won the national championship that last year, but they did lose a ton of guys. Now Kansas State didn't lose that many guys because they didn't have a historic uh draft class coming out of there. But it is such a very interesting game because I do think that Kansas State will be favored. I think Kansas State is a good, well coached football team. And I think they've got a lot going for them in the trenches. Um but I think I don't know. I think Kansas State does have the edge for me personally. So here's the old saying, right, is familiarity breeds contempt. It's the complete opposite when it comes to college sports. It's familiarity breeds confidence. Yes. Because what we do every offseason, we know Missouri's recruiting class. We know the guys who maybe haven't played a lot at Missouri, but we think are going to play a lot this year, right? Like Missouri fans are going, oh, Theo Weiss, man, former five-star, he's going to be great. K-State fans may not know Theo Weiss is even at Missouri or care. Now, the flip side of that is I knew K-State brought in a transfer running back. I would have had to go look up who it was. So all people do in the offseason is 
I know everything my team brought in. They're not even talking about our freshmen and our transfers and all that. All I look at on the other team is, well, they don't have Adrian Martinez, who, by the way, 12 months ago, Adrian Martinez was the sole reason Missouri fans thought they were winning that game by four touchdowns. Right. Um, they don't have Deuce Vaughn, so he's going to be replaced by absolutely no one. Like, they just can't run the ball. Felix is gone. They have no pass. My point is, the team we follow, we know everything about, and so, okay, we know what's there in replace. We don't know that about the other teams, and I don't expect anybody to. I don't know it at this point. Um, But what it leads to is we put importance on the losses from other teams and not importance on the losses from the team we follow, and I think it leads to this... I mean, look, August is the month where every fan base in the country thinks they're winning 10 games. I mean, they just do. And I'll I'll be interested to see Missouri fans' approach to this game because literally 12 months ago it was, well, they play in the soft-ass Big 12. We cannot let a Big 12 team be us. Missouri would have finished like sixth in the Big 12 last year. I mean, that's just true. It doesn't matter. They're a good football team. They will be a good football team when they come here. Um it would be a very impressive win. I think that there is a risk of the fan base and the team and the coaching staff putting too much on that one week because it is hugely important. Yes. But the danger in doing that in a week three game is what if you lose? Then how do you get the air back in the sails for Memphis, which is not a gimme? Vandy there, which is, you should win it, but it's not a gimme. You know, it's one of those, if you lose, you don't even have to lose bad. If you lose, you cannot let it beat you again. Right. You know, and I I just, there's already a ton of people calling it the most important game of Drinkwitz's career. And well, I'm not sure I don't agree with that, but that's a moving target, right? I remember in, in 07, Gary Pinkle kept saying, yeah, it's the biggest game we've ever played. And then they'd win it. And then next week was the biggest game they'd ever played, right? right and right. so, like, this is the same way. K-State's this huge game, but you can't bill it as the biggest game you've ever played because if you lose it, how do you recover from that? You know, so I, I think it's very, like, the best way I've heard a college football season described is it's 12 individual tests. And how you fared on the last one has very little to do with how you're going to fare on the next one. The K-State game last year at this point doesn't really have much impact because these two teams are are both wildly different. Um, But yeah, I think K-State will be favored. I think if you played it 10 times, K-State probably wins six of them, but you don't have to play it 10 times. You just got to be better that one day. Right. I think think that's the thing, though, is I think that's the issue that Missouri and K-State and like why... They see so differently on the subject is that so many K State fans are like, "You're you you're so confident in this game, but we beat you last year forty to twelve, and they actually say forty to six because they don't count what or what." I, I I actually completely side with them on that, which is fine. It, which is counted the over for me. It hit the over, so I agree. <laughs> which is fine. They can see what they want. I mean, if they're going to say that, then they have to. They can't count their last touchdown they scored against Alabama in the fourth quarter, though. So, I mean, I mean, you know, you got to got to be fair there. But like, you have to look at it too as a like that you're not playing. You're not the same team as you were last year. We're not the same team as you were last year. You can't say you're going to beat us by fifty just because you beat us by thirty last year. I mean, it is a completely different team, a completely different coaching staff. I mean, their coaching staff isn't different. And I actually love Colin Klein. I think he's going to be a great offensive coordinator. I think he's going to be a great, probably, head coach somewhere someday. Um, But, like, you do have to look at things outside of homerism and outside of things and be like, like you said, Gabe, kind of like, things have changed. What have we replaced? What have you replaced? Not just oh, well, we beat you by 30 last year. No way we don't beat you by 40 this year. I mean, things are, it's moving. Like, everything is moving parts. I I think it's the flip side. Last year, Missouri fans came into that game so much more confident than they should have. It it made no sense to me. Like, I could see it coming a mile away. Well, they play in the Big 12. They suck. 
No, they don't. And I think it, like, I'm not saying that affects the way the team played, but I think the fan base was, so I think K-State fans will come to, to Columbia fully expecting to win that game. Um, I think it'll be a better game than than last year was, certainly. It's side note, by the way, on Colin Klein, and I, I was listening to uh, Wetzel and Forty and Ross Dellinger. Do you know who Colin Klein was at the Heisman Trophy ceremony with, the two guys he was sitting with? Yes, I do. It's Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel and Manti Teo. Like, <laughs> I mean, just like the most not-go-together group yeah. of all no. time, right? It's like... Crazy controversy, crazy controversy, and Colin, Colin. Colin Clyde. Just all American. Like it, in in eighty years, if you ask anybody outside, actually today, if you ask anybody outside of Manhattan, Kansas, was Colin Klein a finalist for the Heisman Trophy? I guarantee, like ninety five percent of them are going, "Who are who is Colin?" Who's Colin? Like what? What do you mean? And that's no disrespect to him. It's just. I mean, he had a hell of a season. It was just he did. the the wildness of that group of Heisman Trophy finalists is amazing. I I saw some Kansas State fans uh, talking about the Johnny Manziel documentary, and also Manti Teo has a documentary out as well. It's like two guys also we have documentaries out about fine documentary. <laughs> we need the Colin Klein one, but they're saying I saw some Kansas State fans say like, just reminded that Colin Klein should have won that Heisman. Like, no, no he shouldn't have. No. Uh, Johnny Manziel, yeah, also should not. No way. Yeah. Johnny Manziel had a hell of a season that year. And we shouldn't just gloss over the fact that he maybe as a guy wasn't doing the model stand-up stuff. But, I mean, hell of a football season. That that awards for football playing, not human being. So, yeah. To be fair. But, but like, back on topic, that Sunday after the K-State game is going to be, it is going to be wild overreaction one way or the other. Absolutely. Either Drinkwitz is getting fired or Missouri's winning 10 games, and there will be zero in between. There will be no perspective among the Missouri fan base on that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. All right, we got to take another break. We still got a lot of games to get to. We'll probably buzz through these games and give our final predictions here coming up after this break. Stay, stick with us on the other side. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app, find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back into Mizzou. That's who your podcast for Kansas City Sports or for Missouri Sports on Kansas City Sports Network. Uh, 
I've already looking ahead to what we got next here for uh, Missouri. They have another non-conference game in Memphis and St. Louis. I think it's a great opportunity for Missouri to kind of capitalize on that St. Louis uh, market, again, as they've been so good in recruiting-wise there. Uh, but to get back in the dome and play there is going to be a uh, very exciting game. But, Gabe, as you mentioned, not a walk in the park. That's not a gimme, I don't think, uh, for Missouri. I mean, I think we can all agree that anything less than 4-1 and one heading into LSU is – borderline disaster for this team right yeah like they can lose one i mean if they lose to k-state it's it's not a disaster season if even if they beat k-state and were to somehow trip against van just you've got to be a minimum for going to dallas i I think i give that maggie your thoughts yeah no doubt i mean because if you go into it three and two i mean what do you what are you looking at at that point i mean Six and six. Drop one to get to six. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's pro- max. That ceiling at that point is because uh, I don't even know where you find maybe three more wins if you're not yeah. you're not beating one of. I mean, if you're not beating Dandy or if you're not beating Memphis, I don't see how you're beating three other teams in the SEC. I don't see how it's happening. I mean, you catch Florida on a bet. I'm not sure about Florida. Florida's an interesting team. Um, they seem weird to me. Uh, but yeah, I think I game, I think you're exactly right. Going into LSU, I know some people were talking about like, oh, Mizzou could be six and no. And realistically, they could be. They could be six and no going in. Five, five and no, yeah. Five and no headed to LSU. It, it, yeah, it's certainly they're... possible. And and I have not looked at the the schedule of games, but like if they're five and oh and LSU's coming in here and has beaten Florida State in the opener and is yeah. a top five team, like Yes, you are legitimately talking maybe game day 2010 Oklahoma type weekend in Columbia, but there's a long way to get there. I think it's like um what is it back or backyard brawl or whatever West Virginia pit is. West Virginia, that's not a good game. I think year, it's though. I think <laughs> it's uh I mean it just is. Well, no, you're right. Re- but sorry. for some reason they always put like that game is some prime time whatever and then I think it might be Red River rivalry too. I don't know. They lost forty nine to zero last year though, so if they put that on college to game I'll probably lose. It should roll. Um, well, Alabama's at A and M that weekend. Kentucky's at Georgia that weekend. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas. You know, they, they Oklahoma. Here, here's what I want to see: Oklahoma, Texas. I think SEC Nation should go <laughs> this, this year. That would be the ultimate. That'd be really goal, good, wouldn't it? <laughs> really if, good. If we're five and zero, if we are five and zero, and LSU comes to Mizzou, and they don't put College Game Day there, after they went to Lawrence at five and zero for TCU, and then KU didn't win another game until they played whomever crappy team they played, I will lose my mind on that. Well, and LSU, I mean LSU has Florida State. Arkansas at Old Miss before that at Mississippi State. So like they have they have big boy games that they'll have to go win. Right. That's true. But I don't know if I don't know if it's that likely that both teams will be undefeated when you get there. Who knows? LSU LSU seems like a, a team that really could be something this year. Like they could they they got some votes. They they they're getting some attention. They could be something. Brian Kelly is going to win a national title at LSU at some point. I don't know if it's this year, but he is going to win. It's so second year luck. I mean, everybody wins one at L. Literally, their last three. Co- like, I don't think Les Miles is a good football coach. He won one. I know Ed Orgeron isn't a good football coach. He won one. Nick Saban is a good football coach. He won. He, yeah. He's pretty. He's my favorite game. That's my favorite week. Week week one game though is Florida State LSU. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, because Florida State might be something. They might have some. Florida State might have something cooking down there too. Like they might. Then I mean, Jordan Travis might be real. The the second half of the Missouri schedule, though, I mean, re- and really starting with week six is yeah. There's, I I mean, I'm not sure that they are favored in a game after Vanderbilt. To be quite honest, I mean, let's let's run through these home against LSU. They're not favored in that game. No, no. At Kentucky, they're probably not favored in that game. Home against South Carolina, I think they'll be favored in that game. But what if South Carolina is like five and two, right? Right. Right. Um, at Georgia, I promise they're, they're not favored in that game. Home against Tennessee, not favored in that game. 
Home against Florida, they could be favored. And at Arkansas, probably not. Probably not. Not because. But I mean, you know, you that's why you have to be four and one because you get to October and all of a sudden you're going because it's hard. Man, this is uh, there. There's not one that you would expect to be favored by more than what five, six points, maybe against South Carolina at all. Yeah, I think that you talk about the SEC East, and and we just did our SEC preview on our KCSN College Football page on YouTube. Uh, Maddie, Matt, Matt Lane, and I broke it down. There's so many teams in the in the East. So when you talk about uh, Kentucky, I think they'll only go as far as Devin Leary can take him. He's had some injury issues. I think that's going to be a very interesting team. Um, South Carolina, Spencer Rattler's really there's a lot of hype around South Carolina, but they also had a lot of guys to leave for a team that's solely like based off of vibes, right? Like they they pitched like their culture so well, but they had a ton of guys to leave. Not really sure what's going on in South Carolina. You look at Florida, they're replacing Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson kind of looked like a dud, but then like now you're seeing stuff from him in the NFL, and it's like okay, maybe this guy was actually good, but maybe Billy Napier didn't know how to use him. So there's a lot of going on, I think, in the SEC East when you that fight for the bottom. I guess you get kind of called. I, I, I mean, I think it's the fight for third, and it's the, yes. this is this division every year. There generally is one among Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina that people kind of view as this year it's Tennessee, like probably the second best team in the the division. And then you throw those other four in there, and they could fin- if you take Missouri, Kentucky, South Carolina and Florida. They could finish in any order, and not one thing would surprise me. Missouri could finish third in this division, and it wouldn't surprise me, and they could also pretty easily finish sixth. Yes. And we don't even really know about a lot about Tennessee either. We know their defense is probably not going to be great. We don't really know their quarterback situation because, I mean... But we know that Charles Heifel's probably going to put up points. Yeah, he'll probably put up points, but we don't really know. I mean... Milton got passed over and now he's back. So, but he was replaced for a reason. And then they lost Hyatt. I mean, obviously. They lost Tillman. Tillman. So it's like, it didn't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they could be really good because of what they replaced or they could be not. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think they're 10th in the country. I don't think they're challenged Georgia good. Yeah. But I still think preseason you'd probably over the course of 12 weeks give them the nod over Missouri, Kentucky, South Carolina. And South Carolina beat them by what last year? 30? Yeah, they beat them by a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, Which again, kind of goes back to the danger of like previewing the whole season in August, right? How the hell do we know what's going to happen with Missouri, Arkansas the day after Thanksgiving? Don't tell them that, Gabe. They, they're, supposed to, they're supposed to listen because they think that we know. It's our secret. Well, they're going to hold every oh, single bad. thing we say against us. So if we pick, <laughs> we pick our record. But, but if you do enough of these, you just predict it like six different ways. And you oh, yeah. Did say you right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's the way. When I said in September, I didn't say that. Let's, I, I do think that the, like the SEC East is so interesting because you talk about Kentucky. They did, they did win the, uh, the Devin Leary sweepstakes, but that dude's had some injury issues. I, I don't know how well it, like they're going to play through. Uh, but Kentucky seeming like they always they always have guys it's, uh, for some reason they always seem like they they, they play for that for Stoops over there. They're, I think they're it's gonna be tough. Ten, they're ten years ago Alabama light in that. I don't know. Are there like? Do I care who their quarterback is? I mean, they supposedly had a first round, second round talent at quarterback last year, but like that's not how they win games, right? You know, they win games because they run the ball. They're not stupid and. They play defense, um, and then they do some crazy, you know, against Missouri every year. <laughs> that's how that's how they're good. <laughs> but I I did see earlier this week that in the last eight years, um, Kentucky has finished higher in the division than predicted seven times at lower only once. So wow. there's this there's this thing that people like to, I think Missouri fans like to say, well, people just overrate Kentucky. No, people actually almost. Every year, underrate Kentucky. Right. I feel like them and Mississippi State are kind of in the same. Yeah. You always see Mississippi State ranked like to pick or pick to finish last. Or like, seventh. I'm like they barely finished that low. And I talked to some a couple guys I know from Mississippi State. They're like we finish like fourth or fifth in the right. in the West almost every year, and we're picked we're picked that low almost every year. Because because they always face some team that can't figure out 
they're going to run the same four pass plays and they get beat like 57 to 12. Which that'll be an interesting, they'll be an interesting watch this year. Yeah. Without, without Leach. Um, but no, I feel like Kentucky's kind of in the same, the same boat as we are this year. Um, it'll be interesting to see how their offensive line has improved because their offensive line was terrible last year. I mean, theirs was probably worse than ours and ours was bad. Let's, uh, let's finish up here with uh, just going through each game. We're going to give our predictions, final predictions, and we'll wrap it up here. Um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and go. Uh, I think South Dakota, we're all going to call that a win. Um, right, everyone? A win? Mm-hmm. W's? Okay. Um, Middle Tennessee, W's all around. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, Kansas State, that's going to be the first one that we might have a little bit of differences. Uh, thoughts on Kansas State? Uh the, the final score of that game. You I reserve the right to change my mind based on what I see out of Missouri's quarterbacks in the first two weeks and who the quarterback will be. If yes. I pick that game today, I pick Kansas State like 27-20. I agree. It's a close game. I think, I think it's a one-score game, but I am going to edge to Kansas State on this one just because I am a little weary of the quarterback situation. Is Also because to go backwards, you asked what we want to see in the first two games. I want to see a Missouri team that quits committing stupid penalties. That's on the list. Kansas State's not going to do that to themselves. I would like to see a Missouri team that makes you beat them rather than beating itself. Like, you know, what's the one thing you can't do on first and goal from the one foot line is false start. What's the one thing you can't do with the three-point lead against Vanderbilt? Fumble the football. Like, wasn't just mistakes. It was like, l- l- spin the wheel of the one thing you can't do. Maggie, your thoughts? Um, oh. I feel like we did this last year, and you guys both picked us to lose to K-State, and I picked us to beat K-State, and you were both right, and I was clearly wrong. Um, <laughs> by a lot. <laughs> um. I'm, I'll, I'm gonna go opposite I'm just gonna start us off opposite and I'm gonna say we're gonna win but I'm gonna do like by like I'm gonna do that line like a four four points I'm gonna say like 30 to 28 um so I'm gonna say we're gonna score a few more points this year I feel like 20 is still like not improving from last year so I'm gonna um yeah I'm gonna say like 32-28. you should have picked 40 to six for the rating <laughs> we need the clips <laughs> we do Okay, so Gabe and I both have Missouri at two and one. Maggie, you have them at three and zero. Oh. Memphis, I, I'm going to write that one down as a as a W. Yeah, I'll yep. take us as a win too. Okay, uh, uh, Vanderbilt, I'm going to put that down as a W as well. Um, and I think that that's a consensus vote there. Um, LSU, I'm going to put that one as an L. So I have the Tigers at four and two now. Yeah, I, I mean I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I'm gonna have those five. I, I think it's closer than, like, I don't think they get just run out of the stadium. But I, yeah. I think LSU wins that game. They've got a lot lose of talent. By, I think we lose by like twelve. I'm like, that's fair. They yeah. got a lot of talent on that team. Um, now to be fair, Missouri has a lot of talent too. But I mean, oh, it's. Little, I prefer my, I I would prefer um Makai Wingo not come in and have like his best game ever. But yeah. fair. um at Kentucky. So Gabe and I, we both have we have four and two, right, Gabe? And Maggie, you're five and one at Kentucky. Golly. I think we get a win there. I'm gonna give us a win there. I think it's it's been a long time since we've won there. And I'm gonna give us I'll, I'll go win on this game. And it first of all, I think Missouri is really tired of Kentucky. <laughs> um but also just like this is why when you pit game by game, you have to do some things that kind of go counterintuitive to kind of reverse engineer to get to the record you think you want to pick, right? Mm-hmm. Because like if you pick every game individually, it goes differently than if you just say, what's their record going to be? <laughs> right. right. So I'm picking a win. I think I'm going to do the same thing. Well, now they're not going to win because we all just picked them to win this game. Right. Uh, <laughs> South Carolina. Like, regardless, it's going to be not like something stupid. Oh, Nothing normal happens in a Missouri-Kentucky right. game, and you, you should always be fully prepared for that. Uh, also, South Carolina, that game is at home. 
I think that South Carolina are frauds. I'm going to say it. I think that they are a fake good football team. I don't understand the hype. I think that Missouri wins this one. I'd say handle. You so you think we beat them? We you think we take five in a row? Oh yeah. I think I don't think Spencer Rattler's good. I think that's fake noise. This one's hard for me because I think. <laughs> You guys are making and, me very worried about how confident I was in that pick. No, the only reason is is because I think that South Carolina and Shane Beamer, and I hate this phrase, like I hate it so bad, but I feel like we're almost at this point, like they're Super Bowl. Like I feel like, and I hate that phrase, but I think that they want to beat us so freaking bad. And, like, maybe that's just, like, a fan perspective and, like, because I see that so often. But, like, you know those those game, those game um, record predictors that they have, like, the East and West on, like, every single one I see, like, South Carolina fans, like, putting Mizzou at, like, four and eight and we're on the bottom. And every single time I see it, it's always a South Carolina fan. It's, like, Gamecock Online or Gamecock Nation. Like, every single time. And I'm, like, you really think... I mean, whatever. But I feel like it's just them being petty. Uh, I feel like they want to beat us more than almost like anything else so did you actually pick that game no i haven't i'm waiting for you okay <laughs> i i i didn't know if you'd pick that game and i just lost it somewhere no, I'm, that that. no I'm so just kind of waiting because i don't know <laughs> she was confused by my confidence is what happened so, so this is another one where like if i'm just picking south carolina missouri individually i think i would pick missouri to win if Missouri is coming in five and two off a win in Kentucky that's with true. Georgia next, that's a super easy game to say there's a letdown there. Right? So like if Missouri goes and beats Kentucky, I will probably pick them to lose to South Carolina that week. If Missouri loses to Kentucky, I will pick them to beat South Carolina. But since I picked them to beat Kentucky, I guess I have to pick them to lose to South Carolina. Yeah, that's only fair. That's a major trap game. So if I pick them, if I pick them to win, that puts me at seven and one, right? No, yeah, yeah, that puts yeah. them at seven and who? Well, my overall, my overall, I have it's at eight and four, and they can still be easily be seven and be. one, ended up eight and four. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, but I'm trying to think of who my other my other win would be because I'm like, I guess it would be Florida or Arkansas. You got Florida and Arkansas, yeah, yeah. I can just chalk up that Arkansas mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give them the win against South Carolina. Seven and one, Missouri will go to Georgia ranked in the top fifty. Ranked five, but uh, not I that. Have, but I don't have them beating Georgia, so they're they're out right. of the top fifty. So I'm at I'm at six and two. Gabe, you're at uh, five and three. Five and three. Oh, we're all over the spectrum here. Maggie's at seven and one. Georgia, I think we're all gonna chalk down as a loss. That is. The game I am the second most confident in on the entire schedule behind South Dakota. That's fair. Because, um, yeah, like you want to talk about a team that is going to be on a mission to prove that last year was a fluke. George Kirby Smart is going to have that team foaming at the mouth. You almost let them ruin it last year. Yep. Like, all right. I hope that is an 11 a.m. game and just gets over early. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's pretty. So we're all going else for Georgia, I, I assume. Because um, I'm with you, Gabe. So uh, I got him at six and three. Hey, still ball eligible. That's good. Got to, got to the ball eligibility. Uh, Tennessee at ten, or at Tennessee at home. Um, I think I'm going to give them a loss for this one. Remember what happened last time they came to Columbia? I'm taking a loss on that one, too. Of the three games that everybody is assuming are losses, this the one. This is the one I think could most likely be a win. But I just can't pick Missouri to control Josh Heupel until I see him do it. I mean, those games, it, it, even before Heupel was there, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt embarrassed him. You know, like 35 or 38 to 12. So, like, while I think Missouri could win that game, I won't pick it in the Mm. Um. By the way, Gabe, that game doesn't count anymore. So just saying. Uh, oh, okay. Because <laughs> he has the overall the overall win record over Tennessee. Okay. okay, we're playing that game. <laughs> I don't make the rules. I 
I saw the 1994 Missouri basketball team go unbeaten in the Big Eight and go to the Elite Eight, but I guess I, I guess I did. <laughs> hey. Maybe okay. Not. I don't know. We got we got two more games left. Um, where are we all sitting record wise now? I think I'm at I think I'm at six and four. I'm I've got them five and five, which I'm not comfortable with. But I'm seven and three now. Uh, Florida at Arkansas. Um, so Florida, I that's a tough one for me. I don't know how I don't I don't know really a lot about this Florida team. There's they got a lot of un. Uh, I'm I'm taking the win. I'm taking the win with Florida at home in November. Uh, they're gonna complain about how cold it is. Um, like you know, like they typically do. So that's gonna I'm, be my eight and three. I've got Missouri in this one. I could see, like, I think this year for Florida, is, Billy Napier just has to avoid being so bad that they run him out of town. After this. Yeah. Because he's recruiting like crazy. And I think if he can get down the road a year or two, he's got a chance. I think he's a good coach, but he's got to get there. Um, but I'll take Missouri. In this game. I'm going to take Missouri as well. Uh, you talked me into a game. Um, so, uh, last one of Arkansas, uh, so this was, this was my thought process here because I wanted, I thought, I think that they can split those two games between Florida and Arkansas. Like, I think that's a very realistic thing is splitting them, but I just don't, I, I, I think they'd beat Arkansas. I don't think that Arkansas is a good football team, truthfully. Um, and I don't, I'm not convinced, um, with Arkansas and everything. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take them, them having taken the last two games. So that gets to an eight win season. Yeah, I'm picking Missouri because they've usually won this game. I mean, uh, you know, I think Arkansas's got probably a little more talent, but I'll pick Missouri in this one because uh, what Maggie was talking about with K-State people, I've seen with Arkansas people, like Arkansas people are just assuming this is a win. Absolutely. I don't know how you assume that in this matchup. Um, but mostly I'm picking Missouri because I've got to get them to 7-5. and five. And I've got them sitting six and five, so that requires me to pick this game as a win. Like, yeah, I'm more confident. I'm more confident in seven and five than I am in picking these individual games. That's fair. Um, I have us at eight and four. Um, so I have a process of elimination losing to Arkansas. This is another kind of similar to my South Carolina pick, where, um, no matter how much Arkansas fans say they don't care about this game. I do think that they care about this game. I do think that Sam Pittman wants to win this game. I hey, I watch media days. I watch those interviews. I watch those guys come on and those um whatever um locked on Arkansas videos. I watch those guys be like, there's no reason we should lose to Mizzou. We have so much more talent. I watch them run their mouth about it all the time. Um, they want to win this game too. Uh games in Fayetteville. They should be a little bit better than they have been. KJ's he's good. good. He's in his last All year right. that he's he's gonna leave. He's gonna get drafted. Rocket Sanders is good. Um I'm gonna pick them to win that game in KJ's last last game in Arkansas. And you know how much time we could have saved. Like this has been a fifty six minute <laughs> podcast. We really could have just said, okay, pick the record against K-State, Kentucky, South Carolina, Florida, and Arkansas. Because that's what this season yeah. comes down to. It's what you think their record is in those five games. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, but everybody wants to hear what your opinion was on Middle Tennessee every, State. Everybody wants something to hold against you, right? Now you told me you told me this now, Gabe. We have 56 minutes. You could have told me this before we started the show. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. I don't really think about what I'm going <laughs> to say or what we do until it happens. So you know, I'm I'm pretty good hindsight, but planning not not my thing here. But all right, so I have gave it gave both you and I have them at seven and five. Correct, Baggy. I'm at four for now. Did you have them losing the last two games? Both Tucker. Wait, I had them winning the last two. Did I mess my math up? Oh, you hundred. We had them beating Arkansas for sure. Yeah, I think you had them at least eight and four. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, I think they, I think they split the last two games because <laughs> I, I don't remember what I said. Some people go back. You had them lose. You had them losing to K State. Then yeah. you had them losing to LSU, Georgia, and Tennessee, and that was it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, 
Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. We're good. Math sound. Okay. That's why I host podcasts and don't teach math. But I appreciate you guys uh, listening all the way to the end of this podcast season preview. Next week, we're going to have a a riveting week one preview against the South Dakota State. That's good. Ohio. No. Just South Dakota. South Dakota. I said that, and I was like, that's not. That's South Dakota State. Jackrabbits, yes. I used to have a South Dakota State Jackrabbit hat. It was a very nice hat. A good, that's a good, that's a good mascot. But appreciate you guys listening all the way to the end of this podcast here. We had to think about the Missouri Tigers. We'll be back next week, as I mentioned, with that week one preview. So until then, uh, for Gabe Yarman, Maggie Johnson, I'm Tucker Franklin. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.